Hello and welcome. It's the Filmmakers Podcast. Yes, it's your favourite podcast. It's back again. It's Tuesday. It's the podcast where we talk about filmmaking, from indie films to studio films and everything in between. How to get them made, how to make them, and how to try not to F it up. In our very, very humble opinion, today we're chatting with the wonderful indie filmmaker Alejandro Montoya Marin who is the director of the brand new feature film Monday, which was made for 7K in 14 days while he was on a TV show that was filming him making his actual film. Please go watch these after you've listened to this podcast. It's a brilliant making of TV series featuring Robert Rodriguez as he helps the five filmmakers make their well, there are any films in 14 days. Honestly, it's so good. They are on Tumblr. Go watch them straight after this link is in the show notes. Uh, we chat with him about how he made that film in 14 days and about his career and about the future. And the fact that his film, Monday, is screening at the Holly Shorts on August the 18th at 7pm at the Harmony Gold Theatres. That's incredible. It's Holly Shorts, but his is the feature um, Monday. So that is great news, which Alejandro has recently let me know. So we didn't know that when the podcast was recording, but we do now. Go to the Harmony Gold Theatres, August the 18th, 7pm. It's coming up. It's very soon. Go support him there. And say hello. Say you heard him on the podcast. Suddenly you've got another connection. That's all it's about. I am Giles Alderson. I am currently producing cassette down in Richmond area, Twickenham area in London. Uh, we're halfway through the shoot. It's going very well. Marcus is doing a brilliant job as a director. The producers, uh, including myself, are doing what we do on indie films and we're getting shit done and doing all we can to make it successful. And as you do on indie films, you put out fires before they become big fires. And it's a wonderful experience and it's going very well. The actors are incredible. It's been really good so far. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to telling you more about that. And Marcus will be coming on the podcast to have a chat to you guys about making that. And I'll try and get him on reasonably soon when it's still fresh in his mind. All the manicness and the craziness of of making a first feature film. So I'm looking forward to you guys hearing that. Uh, I also, as you know, directed The Dare and I produced a serial killer's guide to life, which is now locked picture. And Lawrence Lovegreed, the composer, is currently composing the music and Stan went up uh, up to Leeds to work on that with him. Raindance, the uh, film festival, is about to happen. And you can go to the first day and the opening night party. Of course, thanks to the Filmmakers Podcast, you can get 20% off because it's the place to be. It really is if you want to be an indie filmmaker, an actor, producer, director, writer. Head there and chat to like-minded people. It, I can't recommend it enough. It's in London. It's on the 26th. Wait. Wait. It's on the 26th of September at 7pm. And that's at the uh, Bloomsbury Ballroom. And you can get, as I just said, 20% off when booking online with our exclusive discount, RD Podcast 20 which means you can go and get in for just £16. Check the link in the podcast description and get on it. Get your swanky gear on. Look cool. Get your business cards ready and do your thing and you've got to do it you've got to hustle you've got to chat to people I know it's hard for indie filmmakers I know it's really not that easy you probably think I'm okay at that but when I first started I hated it I found it really difficult to go to people at a party at an event at a screening and say hi I'm Giles and I'm a filmmaker too um, it was really hard but you've got to do it do it bite the bullet and just 
do it be bold and see what happens and you'll meet so many contacts and it will change your life i promise well i can't promise that's ridiculous but i'm telling you it should change your life <laughs> uh, do what you can so that's the rain dance i'm can't wait can't wait for that so not that long ago i think it was episode brain going to gear episode 31 boom and 32 was with paul knight from london knights and he told us his amazing story of his feature film a landscape of lies and the 19.6 million tax scam that happened around his film and he was big news he was in the papers and it was a real problem for him to carry on as an indie filmmaker but he has done that because he's a hero he's an indie filmmaking gent and a giant and it's wonderful news that a landscape of lies is released now congratulations paul congratulations all that team that were involved in that who weren't part of that stupid ridiculous scam that is sometimes rife in the indie film industry but paul you rose above it i'm proud of you i cannot wait to buy that film i'm going to do that right now and you should too buy it the link is in the description a landscape of lies buy it listen to episode 31 and 32 of how he did that it's inspiring do it okay let's get to this week's podcast uh with the fantastic Alejandro Montaya Marin. He says it better than I do. Enjoy it, enjoy it. So it, it gives me great pleasure to welcome to the Filmmakers Podcast, Alejandro Montoya Marin. Hello, sir. How are you? Thank you for having me, sir. Oh, it's a real pleasure. It's a real pleasure. Whereabouts in the world are you at the moment? Are you in Albuquerque? I am in Albuquerque, New Mexico right now. Woohoo! And you've just got back from New York. What were you doing in New York? Uh, New York, we went to the uh, Soho International Film Festival. We we screened our feature film Monday there. Wow. Wow. How did it go? Man, I'm still in cloud nine. It was amazing. We had a blast. Uh, we, wow. we sold out in oh. New York, which oh. was amazing. That's so good. Um. People really responded to the movie. They laughed uh, more than I thought they would. It, it was just a, such a positive experience. Anything that I would say would sound like I'm bragging, but I was just, <laughs> I swear I was just like incredibly happy. Like it was, it, it, it was, it was a sight, like a yes. room full of strangers and not even, I mean, not all of them, but like 80% of them were strangers and to have them all react to the movie that you made with such difficult circumstances and applaud oh, like oh a lot. Like, we got a, a round of applause three times. What? Yeah, no, it was well, they, like, they stopped and then started again. Yeah. It would stop because it started when, as soon as it ended, they started applauding. Then it goes to the Love bloopers it. after the bloopers, they applauded again. And then we have a small animation of a continuous storyline that goes through the movie that lasts two minutes. And then they applauded again. Yay. So, this no, is brilliant. Like, oh, that's incredible. Happy. Incredible. And we will get on to Monday, which is your debut feature film, which was yes. made through the Rebel Without a Crew TV series, which obviously Robert Rodriguez is um, wonderful TV series. He set up to help indie filmmakers make their yep. films just like he did in 14 yep. days with just seven grand or $7,000, depending on where you're from. Um, Wow, I can't wait to get in-depth about that. First of all, let's talk about you, how you started, why you wanted to become a filmmaker, because your journey is really interesting. Well, I've, I've always liked movies. 
since I was a kid. And um, I never did really well in school. So as one of the things that I did that started really intriguing me in making film, I always loved watching film, but watching and making is very different. Very different. Yeah. And um, yeah, right. It's, it's, it's a, it's a whole other side of your brain that gets stressed and it's just, it's very different. Mm -hmm. But, um, I was failing a class and the teacher told me that I needed to do an extracurricular activity or else I would fail. So because it was art class, they, I asked her like, Oh, can I do a play? Oh, nice. and she's like, yeah, sure. Do a play. I don't know what you're going to do. <laughs> so did you ever see the movie Rushmore? Yes. Yeah, Jason okay. um, Schwartzman. Schwartzman, yes, yes. So basically this was like five years before Rushmore. Right. And I, I, I mean, I didn't have TNT and explosives and shit, but we did a Braveheart play. We did it based on the movie Braveheart what? that had just come out. And <laughs> I was in Mexico at the time, so I had all my – all my friends wear like my aunt's uh, skirts and we had swords and we painted her faces blue. And Oh my gosh. I love it. Oh, we had like construction, like cardboard trees and fake horse. No, no, it was, we went all out. All out. That sounds like it. It was great. And people loved it that the next year when I failed again, <laughs> they told me like, maybe you should do another play. And I said, well, you know what? I want to do a movie now. And I did a star Wars movie that, I mean, it was shitty as fuck but everyone had a blast watching it yeah and yeah we were doing that one of my best friends was like you should be a director yeah because like all my friends came on like i don't know what we're doing i'm like all right well you just stand there the camera will come in this way we'll pan this way like i just started like out of nowhere just like whatever i i absorbed from film and it was it was it was great so i started taking it really serious and when I was studying marketing in, in Monterrey in Mexico, I, I, I reached this point where I was like, I would always be known as the film guy and around town and everyone. But I was never doing – I did little short films with my friends, but I never took it to the next level. Hmm. And we would pack bars. Really? We would have bars. Yeah, we would have bars where we would show the movie, projector. I would make it an event, and we would have 100 people come, 150 people come. Oh, did you charge? And they, did you charge for that? Oh my god! I think I would charge like two bucks, and oh. all the money would go to open bar. Super! That's great. Really nice. So everyone wins. Yeah. Then I just took it serious, and I had a video store. Uh, remember those? Of course, I love those. Video what you you <laughs> what you owned one? I owned. It was a really small one. Like I only had like a thousand movies. Wow. It was called um, Quick Stop, like Kevin Smith. Yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. Owning your own video store. I did. And, uh, wow. and I was like, you know what? I should just do it. Mm. So I mm. went to, um, I started researching school and I went to Canada to study film school. Film school. Why Canada? I couldn't afford LA. Right. Okay. And, and Vancouver was just booming. And then I found out that's the school Kevin Smith went to. So I was like, I gotta go. Yeah. Yeah, especially after your video store was named after him. I mean, that's you gotta go, exactly. gotta go. And also, like, I know him, and like uh, the YouTuber Casey Neistat are like huge fans of Rebel Without a Crew, the book. Right, I love the book as well. That book is amazing, by the way. For oh, it's a great book. any filmmakers out there who've not read this book, it is literally Robert Rodriguez about how he made his first film, El Mariachi. It's yes. incredible. It's so good. 
so good. It's called it's, Rebel Rebel. It's one of those books that you start reading and you don't put it down. Yeah, you don't. I must have read it three times. You don't put it down. You read it again. You go, oh, I'll just flick the first few pages and you're in again. And you remember yep. how he made it and what happened. It just what a what a journey. Incredible. Sold his body. Um, I mean, for science. Uh, and um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Robert really was the one that said, well, I'm not rich. I'm Hispanic. I'm from a small town in Texas. Fuck it. I can do it. Yeah. Like Robert really implemented that when I saw El Mariachi in Desperado. Like I told him in the show and it's it's on the show. I don't know what episode it was, but I remember telling him I used to watch my dad's car so I can watch pay-per-view or or a cinema event that you would call in for like four dollars or five pounds or whatever. Yeah. And you would watch a movie. And I told him, like, I would do that because I I couldn't afford a VHS tape that would cost twenty dollars. So I would spend four times. Yes, but watching on the big screen is always so much better anyway. How did you make the step up after film school of going, do you know what, I'm going to make my own shorts now that are better than your obviously ones you were making when you were younger. What did you do? What was the process? I mean, there was always this element of fear as you're younger. I'm 36 now, and as you're younger, you don't, you're not really, or I wasn't really afraid of anything. Mm. So what I basically did was um, I just I would write something that I identified with or something because remember like English is not my first language so when I did my thesis that I did in film school which people can watch in uh, on my YouTube it's called Warehouse Games I was very afraid to write because I was like people are gonna make fun of me because English is not my first language and I'm trying to write uh, a comedy with a more. So going to New Mexico and being like out of my elements where there's – I don't know anyone in that town. Like one of my friends and I from Vancouver moved there and we just started off fresh. But again, you had to readapt to how they live, how people in America live opposed to Canada and Mexico, which believe it or not are very different. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was just me wanting to be like, fuck it. Just do it. I just want to do a film. I want to tell a story. And not care what anyone thought. And slowly, 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 I started getting my own voice in scripts. Because um, one of the things that's like the, the flip side of the coin is that I feel that I have a very, like people can know when, I, oh, that's an Alejandro movie. Or that's Alejandro's movie because of the way it's said or certain things. So I think I used my insecurity and used it to my advantage. That's great. That's so important to do that and have your own voice. And it's hard when you're starting out as a filmmaker to have your own voice, even within your own shorts, because exactly. you're going, OK, well, this time I'll do a comedy. And then this one, I want to do a slasher movie. Right? You know, and, and within that, it's very hard to have your own voice. And what you've done very well throughout all your shorts is have a voice. And you've made loads of shorts. Leslie, Lo-Fi, um, The Princess and the Musician, The Joneses. You know, lots of really high-end quality shorts with great acting, great performances, and very well directed. And obviously, then you made Monday the short, which turned into the feature film that we have now. How did yes, you? Sir. How did you find your process through that? How did you work? How did you get your team around you? And you know, how did you get the money for the shorts? Honestly, the shorts, I it's out of my own pocket. There you go. That's it, guys. I, That's what you got to do sometimes. Got to do it. I have a my day job and mm-hmm. if i like the project a lot i would i mean they're not all big like i i have never spent more than 10 grand on anything right so lo-fi was five thousand uh princess was like twelve hundred dollars the joneses was three hundred 
Monday was 5,000. Um, and obviously that it doesn't, that I can't accomplish those, those projects without the help of friends that followed me that were like, fuck it. All right, here we go. Let's just do it. Mm. Where it's like, I, you know, I get a director of photography and I'm like, dude, I can only pay you 300 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. But, but the project's great. This is what we want to do with it. You win because of the project. It's not, you're not doing this for the money. You're doing this because this might be useful for you. Yeah. And then, it's, then they might go, yeah, okay, I'll come and do it. But it's a tough sell sometimes. But if people believe in you, and I think that's what's really interesting. You come across really well as a lovely person. People believe in that and they believe in your vision. And I think that's really important as a filmmaker to have your own voice and to be, be a cool person. Don't be a dick, you know? Don't be a dick. <laughs> that, that means a lot. That man. should that, be on a T-shirt, man. <laughs> you want to be a filmmaker, hashtag don't be a dick. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, I completely agree. I, I am surrounded by people that not only do I love to hang out with, but are talented and I love to work with and I consider my friends. So I really do consider myself to be incredibly lucky. Mm. So so you're making these shorts and was I, I read somewhere that you were also trying to make a feature during that time um, with lo-fi, is that correct? And you were trying to get that off the ground. Can you tell us, yes, the, tell us what happened? What went I've wrong? I've been trying to make lo-fi for two movies and no one thinks I can do it. Really? Like, yeah, I've I've bounced from producer to to investor, and then when I tell them like, yeah, we need a million or under, and they they read the script, they're like, you're not going to be able to do this; it's too expensive. So, right. I'm working to make it happen. Actually, we're going to L.A. or I'm going to L.A. tomorrow because Nalib, um, which is the National Association of Latino Independent Producers. Uh, chose me to be one of the 30 Latino filmmakers to participate in the media market. Nice. And the project they chose for is lo-fi. Right. Brilliant. So it's, they put you in this room with investors to hopefully you sell the project. And I honestly, out of all the projects, I think it's my favorite. I just, I love the moral and what it's trying to teach you. And it's the lead character. I think she's very strong, but everyone can identify with. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just my favorite project. Right. Okay. I think that's really important when you're sitting in front of a team of investors like that. Again, it's what we talked about straight away. If they like you, then you're more likely for them to say, okay, I believe in this guy. Let's give him that mail that he wants to make his feature. And what will help for you massively now is you've made Monday and you've made it through yeah. a TV series. You've now... You're now not uh, an issue. You're not the problem now because you have made a feature. So I imagine that will open up up a lot more doors for you i hope so i really it was it was a very stressful life-changing experience that i really hope it works for the best because ultimately i i'm doing all this just to entertain people and to tell stories so mm -hmm. yeah no and i wouldn't change it like let's say i don't and it doesn't lead to anything it definitely was an experience that will that i on my deathbed i'll be like I did Rebel. Yeah. That was awesome. Yeah. From the book you'd always loved and respected and the man you, you really loved. So this is a TV series where Robert Rodriguez picks five people to go make a feature film with seven grand for 14 days. Correct? Yes. How, yes. how did you get selected? There were several things that I had to do. I had to send like a one sheet. I had to send proof of work that I've done, mm -hmm. proof of stuff that I've written. I had to send them a script. I had to do several Skype interviews. I had to do a psychological interview. 
Wow. There was a bunch of stuff that I had to do. And it was basically like, oh, you're in the top 50, top 25, top 20, 15, 7, top 10, top 5. Wow. How, how did that feel? I mean, it was draining because, right. you know, you're you're at the beginning, you're like, yeah, whatever. I'm not going to get chosen. Mm, yeah. And you get into something. As she gets closer to top five, I felt like I was just like, oh, get on with it. Just tell me no. Mm, like, Yeah, give I'm, me the no. Let me move on with my life. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. And, and honestly, you know what's really interesting? I was going to make the movie regardless if El Rey chose me or not. No or way. If, you know, really? Like I was just like, you know what? I'm done waiting. I feel that I've been postponing just making a film because I – I never, you know, there's always that fever element to making a first feature film. But I also respect film so much that I don't want to. There's so much garbage out there from people that are just like, yeah, I can, I can do a movie. It's easy. And then you watch and you're like, Jesus Christ, do you not know how to tell a narrative? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I didn't want to be one of those people, and I didn't want to just deliver something subpar. So I would always wait. But then there's this element of like, you know what? I'm just gonna say, fuck it, let's do it. Good. And this. So I was like, you know what? If I don't get chosen, great. I'll call some people. We'll make the movie. Yeah, and, and especially by then, you'd have you'd have perfected all your pitch, your packs. You'd sent all the information. You got excited about it. You'd already got a cast. So you were kind of a bit like, well, I can do this on my own. Fuck it. Like yeah, you say. Wait. How would you have um, funded it if you were to do it yourself? I had someone that wanted to give me $20,000. Wow. That's more than you yeah. made it for. <laughs> oh, I... I know. <laughs> and I was like, you know what, man? No, I, I, even if it's seven and I have cameras following me and whatnot, I was like, I need to do this. Yeah, of course you do. Of course you do. And I bet now you're so grateful and glad you did it because yes. whatever happens with this film, it will open doors. You know, you were part of that big TV show. You're part of Robert Rodriguez's crew. And I imagine that if you go, you know, look, here's another script. Can can I come talk to you about it? I'm sure he would or give someone, give some advice in some way. Um, I would. <laughs> I hope so. Robert, if you're listening. But yeah, he'll be listening. He'll be listening. He's an avid listener. <laughs> exactly. Oh, that's good. Yeah. How how was he to work with then? How how was that whole process? How much, how hands-on was he with you? He was very present as a mentor. He didn't do anything like, oh, I'll do this for you. You know what I mean? Mm. But he was always there to listen and to give you advice. Like, no no doubt about it. He was incredibly positive. He's incredibly cool. He's such a nice guy. Like, that's the thing. It's once the – not the facade, but that 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 layer of, like, whoa, of mysticism that that's like, oh, it's Robert Rodriguez kind of vanishes away. He's just a, a film nerd. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he just likes to do film and watch film and talk film. So – it was great that like when cameras would like pan down because they're trying to change lenses or whatever, the reality cameras, we would talk about Predator. Oh, I love it. Like stuff like that or talked about music or food. Like he's a foodie, as you know, he cooks mm-hmm. a bunch. So yeah. no, it, it, it was great. And, and like best example is obviously they schedule because he's filming, uh, he's finishing editing uh, Battle Alita, or Alita Battle Angel, sorry, with James Cameron. Yes. Which comes out in December, so obviously he swamped. Mm. And he still makes the time to like go visit our set. And there was 
one time where he visited our set without telling producers just because he saw lights. And he's like, hey, what are you guys doing? Just he just he just saw lights. So he was interested in checking it out. That's great. So therefore, he is he's that lovely mentor for you. Oh, definitely. I, I, I think I emailed him after the show and after we screened in, in South by, I told him, like, I have never, you know, like that, uh, the whole Seinfeld episode where Seinfeld Jerry's like, I don't believe in mentors. Mm-hmm. I basically like I never had I never called I never was offered like just it was just a word for me. And, and I emailed him like I've never realized what that means and what the honor of calling someone and I, I'm proud to call you and the first person I call a mentor. Wow. Well, congratulations. It's it's brave, but I think this is superb and the film is superb. Monday is a really brilliant feature film. It really is. And I really enjoyed it. So you've got seven grand, you've got 14 days. How did you do it? <laughs> I don't know if you heard me in the speaker. Because it's like, I I honestly feel that it was a combination of multiple things, man. The more I talk about it and the more I realize, it's like, obviously, and this is for anyone that's listening, please give me patience. It's going to sound cocky, but at the end, it won't. Okay. It's because of the hierarchy. I had to be on top of my shit. I had to be confident. And I had to push my body as much as possible. I had to use everything I learned and keep going, not hesitate. That was one part. But then after that, I got lucky that we were able to think on the fly, that we had actors that were so committed, that we had actors that were in any way, shape or form, willing to help out, that I had my plus one, Ryan Halsey to be my DP and my sound guy. Yep. Who also did color correction, by the way. Brilliant. Um, and I think just the backing, because like one of the things that I've, that I love about Albuquerque or New Mexico is that, um, even though there's no money here to support independent film, I had a great, a great group of people supporting me. And, pushing me forward like my girlfriend like my girlfriend was going through a really tough time uh someone really close to her passed away during the show and and she had to fucking bear that by herself where other people would be like no you gotta be here because it's all about me 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 she she was tough about it and supported me and and anytime i would crack where i'm like i can't do this anymore because i i mean obviously there's two times where i was just like i can't do this anymore no sleep. You're going nonstop. They have mm-hmm. you confined in a house. It breaks you mentally. Wow. And no, man, I was just very, very happy that I had people like her and like my cast and like my crew or not my crew because we didn't have one. But like, yes. you know, what I mean, like, <laughs> like the people that like the actors that were helping us out and. I think we we managed to get lightning in a little bottle, and a lot of it has to do with it's the team effort and little luck. Yeah, absolutely right, and you absolutely did get lightning in a bottle. And um, so the people who are listening know what Monday is about. Um, it's about a guy called Jim, uh, who played by Jamie H. Young, who is fantastic. He's also in the short film Monday as well. He's a pothead slacker. He starts his Monday by losing both his job and his girlfriend. Uh, thinking he's hit rock bottom, Jim quickly realizes that his problems are just beginning. 
He soon finds himself wrapped up in a turf war with a rival drug cartels and has to outrun a pair of hit women uh, who turn their sights onto him. So with his best friend Paul, Jim attempts to get his life back on track and stay alive in the process. Yes. There's loads going on there. There's so much. You've got gunfights, you've got blood, you've got action, you've got comedy. I mean, like you say, to get all that into 14 days, and people can do it. It's doable. It is, but you do kill yourself doing it. You, I mean, you probably didn't. You probably <laughs> slept for two weeks afterwards. I, I wasn't sleeping more than four to five hours a day. Of course. And, and yeah. yeah, man, like I'm, I, I think when I got back, I had a day off, right. and I just, I didn't, I didn't get up from my couch. No, no. Why would you? You just, uh, there's no need. I'm just going to stay on my couch and, yeah, get my brain back in order because because make, making a feature film is really taxing on your brain it really is it takes you to that place where everything about that film is just spinning around your head from the colors to the shots to the actors to performances everything and yeah my hat's off to you man i I mean i shot my feature in 18 days and i had a crew around me you know supporting and helping massively i think i'd be all right to do it but i know i'd go oh god i'm missing people where's my crew where's where's this what what, how many crew did you actually have did you have makeup did you have costume any of that kind of thing no sir it was just one right so just one person or just one person yeah (laughs) i i I wrote this when i knew that that was going to be one day that's why or one person i wrote the script all happened in one day yeah so we didn't have to like worry about wardrobe right that's, that's, see, that makes total sense. You go, okay, we've got, it's all set on Monday, hence why it's called Monday. And yeah, you you do it that way. And, and I imagine the actors just got stuck in as well. Well, they, they weren't living with you in the same house. Oh, no. Right, that's no, just for the documentary. House and, and, and half of the, only four of them were from Albuquerque. The rest were all from Austin, which, like, like I said, like we got lucky that like the talent from Austin was so giving and nice and nurturing and and willing to do whatever it took to get this movie done because all they had to do is say no because they've never worked with me. Mm-hmm. They've seen some of my work, but yeah, then at the credits they see that there's a whole crew. You know what I mean? So it yeah. like it could mess them up. Yeah. Yeah. It really could. I mean, this is perfect for people who are going, do you know what? I want to go do that. I want to go make a film. I'm going to get my actors who can also do other roles for me. And you all club together and go, we can do this and we can make a feature film and we can make it really good. We really can. Okay, so this is a good point. What would you do differently now um, with your next film compared to what you did on Monday? And obviously you you can't take into account that you didn't have the, the amount of crew. Obviously you'd bring more crew in. What 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 have you learned as a director? To be more patient. Mm, interesting. To be less, um, I guess, diva-ish, you know, because there's always this element of like, I need to be comfortable to do this. And you do, you really do, because you have to keep your head on straight while everything is going on. I mean, there would be a lot of things I would do. Like if I, if I had to do another movie, but we had a little bit more money, I would plan. Like we didn't have pre-production. I didn't have time to rehearse with the actors. It was just, we need. I need you to hit this note. Right. We would try one, two, three times, and that's it. Because it's like, we got to move. Especially because the movie, as you saw, is there's so many shots. Mm-hmm. There's so many shots. I was, I, was, I was impressed by how many shots there was. 
I was like, okay, we keep getting different cuts here. Wow. Okay, he's gone for it. And I noticed in certain other scenes where you didn't, you were like, okay, this is a two shot and it's staying a two shot for the whole thing. And that was really interesting. And actually, sometimes that forces your hand as a director. You kind of go, this is my style. I'm going to go with that. And it kind of works. I think I wanted to do a lot of shots when it became hectic, but I also wanted to show people that it's like, I'm not relying on the edit to be, to be a filmmaker. Yes. Like there's a breakup scene where it's a one shot. And I really, that was the shot that I was very adamant. Like we covered it in shots, but I also did a one shot. Cause I wanted to show people like, Hey, I know blocking is just, I don't, I didn't have time for this right now. Yeah. So yeah, I felt like the story of them, the way they were turning was telling their story as a couple got you yeah there you go that's your choice and that's interesting that's really interesting did you had you prepped the locations beforehand so you'd got in any way set up the uh art department if you had an art department or was it just whatever was available it was in episode one they come in with a binder and they go you got 15 minutes pick your locations really yes sir it's in the show (laughs) In case you're like, yeah, whatever. It's in the show. They just go, here's your locations. You got 15 minutes. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and, and was your budget part of the location fee as well? Or was that separate? No, sir. It was everything. You have to rent your equipment, which is camera, Ooh. lighting, microphone, or audio equipment. Mm-hmm. Also, the only thing they did help us with was uh, food. Okay. But they only let you feed five people. So when there were more than five people... <laughs> <laughs> I ate and I would share sandwiches or hamburgers oh and fries God. and stuff. Seriously? Wow. No, for, no, no joke. Like, the show, look, people can say whatever they want. Um, they did not portray, they did not, like, set up drama to, okay. to, to set up drama. What happened, happened. Um, and they were really, really, really adamant about, you know what? We're going to do what Robert did. To maintain the authenticity of Rebel Without a Crew. Mm-hmm. Wow. How was it watching yourself back on the documentary and seeing yourself in these situations and stressed? And what was that like? I was always asking my, my girlfriend or friends, like, oh, did I sound like a dick? <laughs> yeah. Please don't let me sound like a dick. Please. Don't, because it's like you have to be, as a director, you have to be very. I mean, in my opinion, I got to be very authoritative because if we get caught up in having a good time, I love having a good time. I Mm. love going out for drinks and being loud and listening to music and whatever. But but there it's if you waste your time and you're having a jolly old time and it's great, you're eating up the time. And we only had nine hour days. Oh, wait, you couldn't. You only had nine hour days. Why? Yes, sir. Was that just part of the rule? Well, because the camera people that were following us could only do 12 hours. So we had an hour to drive there, an hour back, and now half an hour to eat and half an hour to pack up. Uh, uh, Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It gets gets harder and harder. That's okay. So nine hours. And also, what about lights then? Were you lighting it? Because it's beautifully shot. It looks stunning. So that's my that's my boy, Ryan Halsey, man. He uh. He lit it. Yeah, we had to get lights. In episode two, you'll see when we get the camera equipment and the lighting grip equipment. And I, in my head, because Austin is such a big city, mm-hmm. I 
uh, I switched the script to have it start uh, have it start the nighttime sooner because that way we can manipulate light even better. And because Austin has such a great depth of field, mm-hmm. it would just make the movie be more big, bigger production. I love that. I love it. It's uh, it's exciting, but it's scary as fuck at the same time. Oh, we, of course. We were, we, <laughs> We worried at any point that you weren't going to finish the film or it wouldn't be as good as it is. I mean, I'm sure you were. I mean, honestly, like, it was the first time I did action, so I was very worried that we didn't have time or that it was going to look choppy or mm. crappy. Of course, that we were going to get it finished, we were going to get it finished. Like, it, in the show, you'll see that we reshot a scene because the way I shot it at day looked super shitty. Right. So I changed it to night, and it looks fucking. Oh, it's when the the hit women arrive, and yep. like uh, the bodyguards, which I I love that scene, and it just looks cooler at night. Yeah, it does. A hundred percent looks cooler at night. Yeah, no, you you did well to reshoot that. Did did you ask to reshoot that, or was it a case of at the end of my shoot, part of my fourteen days, I want to squeeze this in? Yeah, no, it's you got fourteen days, you can do whatever you want, and there's no there's no going back and reshooting stuff. Right, but oh. so that's why there's a couple of shots that are out of focus because it's like the the first scene was the first time I grabbed the cam. Oh, I shot the I was cam up as well. Oh, so right, okay. And I didn't have a follow focus or a monitor. <sighs> Fuck. So that really screwed me up with a uh, you know like it it really made me appreciate assistant. Jeez, yeah, um, yeah. Suddenly you really really appreciate that those crew who do all that work for you. <laughs> Because exactly. you're otherwise the director, you sat watching the monitor going, yeah, that's right, great, thank you, can we push in more with the camera this time? And you start talking about performance. And only very rarely will you mention the the focus because they're normally very good at it, you know? So to, oh, yeah. for you to be doing all that and be going, because I've done that before, I've shot uh, a web series where I did everything. I was camera op, directed it, focus, mm-hmm. sound, everything. And it was, I couldn't concentrate on the actors at all. Because I was so worried about the shot looking right and the sound was good in my ear that I couldn't really concentrate on the actors. So how did mm-hmm. you deal with that? Well, before we shot and, and my friend was setting up, li- uh, Ryan was setting up lighting, I would describe, obviously, well, this is what, what's going to happen. This is the blocking. The lighting is going to be here. This is what we're doing. We would go out, rehearse once, twice, got it. I would explain what I need, what the scene means. They would come in. I would make two or three adjustments and we have options and then moving on. Right. I just need to be editing in my head a lot. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I think it helped massively that you've made all those short films and music videos and, you know, commercials beforehand and you edit yourself as well. Is that correct? I, I do. I don't like to, Uh but I do. Yeah, of course. We're filmmakers. We don't like to edit. We want someone else to do it, but uh, so did you edit? Oh, no, I did. And then I had Davey Ferry Jr., who's a really good friend of mine, a good editor, as basically like my, my editing mentor. But no, I I did the majority of it. At the premiere, he was like, how did you do the action scenes? I'm like, I, I just choreographed them there. Once the actress got done, I just went in and got coverage, man. Oh, brilliant. Because that's the hard thing. When you've got blood and you've got people dying and you've got to do the continuity and get the coverage, it's very hard. Because especially if, you know, if Jim or uh, Jamie had got something on his shirt, you know, how do you, you know, it's continuity wise. You've got to go think about all those type of things. And that's that's a tough thing to get in your head. 
Yeah, it was. And we had a bunch of continuity issues, like the phones. There's a bunch of phone like changes, but it's like, hey, hey, we can't do everything. Man. I didn't notice. So, I'll be honest. I didn't notice. So there you go. That shows it. That I, yeah. yeah, it's a great film. It really is. So you had your premiere, right, at the South by Southwest Festival. Yes, we screened at South by in Austin um, a couple of months ago. That was a lot of that was a lot of fun. It was great to um, to see the fit, you know, like the actors just have a blast, and they were like, "Holy shit, that's what we did!" And I'm like, "Yeah, man, you're and like Anna, especially like I'm so proud of her because she was she's always done like romantic comedies, and this one she's a fucking cold hearted villain." Mm. You know, like it's like such a different role for her. Like I'm, like I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna say just specifically her, but like uh, I'm proud of all. Of them. Yeah, no, like, they, of course I'm proud. Of, I'm proud of Jamie, Kenny, Sophia, everyone. Yeah, they turned in great performances. Really great. It's really yeah, they, helped. They easily try to cash in and just check out on the performance, but none of them fucking sent, gave me a subpar performance. So good, so good. So you've got your premiere. You've done that. What's happening now with the film? How can people see it? Well, the film, uh, we're touring film festivals, and I actually really want to go to your neck of the woods. Okay. I uh, I submitted to Raindance, so hopefully okay. hopefully they, 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 they see the movie for for what it is and everything. And uh, if, it gets, if it gets accepted, I'll, I'll be there, man. I don't care. That's great. Well, because obviously we're collaborating with Raindance now. So I, I know Elliot. I'll ask him. Oh, I'll ask I him if... I love Elliot. Yeah, Elliot's cool. Very cool. So I'll, I'll ask him. I'll ask him what his take is. And, and uh, yeah, you never know. I'm not saying I have any influence because I don't, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, but, but yeah good word for me that would be amazing of course of course and what it did do and what it shows to our other filmmakers out there is you can do it look at alejandro look what he just did he he had no time to do it but yet he still did it and he got accepted and he got chosen and he's now made his feature film and it's hopefully at the rain dance film festival <laughs> but if not it will, it, it will be released soon so yeah coming back to yes. that what is what's the plan do you know so the plan is uh, the movie's going to be on a platform called Go90, yep. which is only screening. Uh, you can only see it in the United States, obviously. But I think that Tumblr will release the feature films. And I want to say about October or November. I still don't know. But in the meantime, I am touring uh, in the United States um, several film festivals. Like I know we're going to go to El Paso, L.A., mm-hmm. um, Austin again. Um we're going to go to as many uh, Las Vegas. We're going to try to go as many as possible. Hopefully London. Great. Mexico. And uh, yeah, they follow me on Instagram. I, I post every day and we yep. just give updates on what we're doing. Super. So so that's the best place people can find out about the film is your Instagram page or your website. What's best? I think both, man. Okay. Like if people follow me on, on, on Instagram, I post every day where we're what we're doing because you know there's a lot of stuff happening like we're gearing up for a possible feature uh sequel yeah uh cold tuesday exactly yes (laughs) great and we're we're trying to get two other feature films off the ground so whichever one pulls the trigger first we're going and obviously like i said if we get into uh rain dance i already told my cast and crew like I will sell my fucking car to go. Yeah. I don't care. Yeah, of course. Of course, man. And I'll be there and I'll be supporting you. And uh, yeah, I'll bring as many people as I can for sure. That, 
for sure. What is your? I'll buy you a beer or two. Thank you, thank you. And what's your Instagram then? What's your actual Instagram so people can follow you? It's my full name, which uh, it's Alejandro Montoya Marin, all one word. Yep. And uh, my, if you go on YouTube and you just uh, write down Alejandro Montoya Marin, you'll pop up with my channel. It's a black and white picture, and I have short films, commercials, music videos, and little vlog videos I make with my iPhone about just what we're doing where we're at and they're basically just like little music video montages yeah i tell all my guys this as well it's what i did when i made the dare is i video blogged every night i didn't put it online but what it did do is it freed my mind to actually go to sleep so when i was lying down in bed i didn't have all these things spinning around i'd said it so I'd got everything out I wanted to. I'd got any rants I needed to get out. And then I talked about the next day, the shots I was doing, what I wanted to do, how I was going to approach the scenes. And then I could go to sleep. And I recommend video blogging to any filmmaker because whether you're going to put it out or not, it is invaluable. And what it has done is given me brilliant behind the scenes for the uh, for the DVD Blu-ray off uh, extras on YouTube. And it's for me, it's invaluable. So I've seen your ones and they're brilliant. So do go check them out. Uh, Alejandro Montoya Marin dot com. Yes, sir. Yes, yes, absolutely. Check those out. Uh, do you uh, do you do Twitter as well? Are you on Twitter? I am on Twitter. Um, uh, recently, but more than before. So it's not my name. It's uh, the company or the production company that I have, and it's four spelled out F O U R point P O I N T. The number five films F I L M S. Four point five films. Yeah, because yes, I find Twitter is really useful. Twitter is the best for this is where all my a lot of my followers who listen to the podcast are, and they all retweet. And thank you so much for all those who do retweet and keep retweeting. Um, yes, and I find it's a really good social. And, and me as actor Giles Alderson is on there as well. And yeah, Twitter is a good place to be. So um, yeah, it's a good way of getting information out. Brilliant. This has been fantastic. Can you give uh, a piece? Time. It's been brilliant. It's been really cool. Can you give some advice to uh, a first-time filmmaker who's trying to make either a short or feature film from what you've learnt? What's the best? Give us three if you can. Whatever you can give us. Any advice you can give them would be great. Write and write something that you can accomplish. Mm-hmm. Write something that you have around you. Um, if you love it, do it. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be a lot of hard work, a lot of stress. Some people will leave you if this is your obsession, mm-hmm. but at the end of the day, you got to do what makes you happy. And if film making film makes you happy, you shouldn't let anyone stop you. Brilliant, absolutely brilliant, Alejandro. Thank you so much for your time. Really do appreciate it, dude. Thank you so much for having me. This was a blast. It really was. And remember, hashtag don't be a dick. Hashtag don't be a dick. I'll be posting that for sure. <laughs> <laughs> brilliant man all right take care thank you man i hope we see each other soon man i'm sure we will peace this was a podcast from the pod fix network you can check out more shows like it at oddfixnetwork.com.